Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for your faithfulness, your loving kindness, your graciousness. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you, Almighty God, for what you are going to teach us this morning. Thank you for how this is going to be a blessing to your people. Thank you, Almighty God, that we put these keys to use in our lives and we are going to see results. Thank you that we are not performers, but we are doers of the word. We are doers of the word. We are not performing to earn favor. We are already favored. So we respond to what you have done. Father, we thank you so much for what you are going to do with us this morning. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. Now, today I bring you part two of the message that I preached last week called 10 Keys to a Fruitful Life. 10 Keys to a Fruitful Life. Now, I want to caveat this uh, conversation first by saying Believers are not in the business of performance, right? So we are, we are not living under rules and regulations. We are meant to be living based on the impulses of the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit would, will um, lead us and guide us in specific, specific ways as those ways pertain to our own lives. All right, so essentially... God may ask you to do certain things that other people may try to do and it won't work for them, all right? So when I talk about these 10 keys, they are meant to be guidelines that you can use and follow. They are not meant to be the law, all right? We are meant to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you instruction and ideas to use in your life that will help you you know, in this specific situation that you find yourself. So these guidelines are principles that can help you, all right, as you put them to use. But what is most important is the faith, the faith you put in the word of God. Amen. Okay, so let's go back to the text that we started off with last week. In Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Verse 2, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates. That is, he ponders and he studies them day and night. Now, this person shall be like a tree. The person who does what? The person who desires in the law of the Lord, who desires, uh, who delights and de- desires the law of the Lord, and that meditates on that a law that precepts the precept and the teachings and instructions of God day and night. This person shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything it does shall prosper and come to maturity. So the Bible says in verse 3 that. The person who is or meditating on the law of the Lord, meditating on the word of God, meditating on the precepts, the instructions, and the teachings of God, this person who meditates on the word of God, on the on the finished work of Jesus Christ, as it were, as it pertains to the new covenant, the person who meditates on the principles of the new covenant, what God has done for us in Christ, who God is to us now, who we are in him, what he has declared us to be, the person who meditates on these things day and night, would be like a tree that is planted firmly by the rivers of water or by the streams of water. And this tree will bring forth its fruits in season, the leaves are evergreen, and whatsoever this person does shall prosper. Whatever they lay their hands upon shall prosper. So we started looking at the 10 keys that will lead to a fruitful life. One of the things we said before was in was based on John chapter 15, verses 7 to 8, when Christ says, Abide in me, and if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and my Father will do it. 
Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So our fruitfulness gives glory to God. But how could we be fruitful? The Bible says, abide in him and let the word of God abide in us. And I said last week as well that if you are in Christ, you are already abiding in him. All right. That statement that Jesus Christ made was before he went to the cross. Before he paid the price for our redemption. Right now that he had paid the price, now that we are on the other side of the cross, we are meant to relate to God, right? Based on the fact that the work has been finished. So now we abide in God. We abide in God. We live in Him because in John chapter seventeen, I believe in verse twenty, Jesus Christ says that we, we that we might be united together as one with Him and the Father. That He in the He being in the Father and the Father being in Him and we in Him, we all can come together in unity. So that unity is very important. That union with Christ makes us to be united together with Him. Makes us to be abiding in Him. All right. So we abide in Christ. But the question is. Do his words abide in us? These words of God, these precepts of God, these instructions of God, the wisdom of God, the wisdom that God used to create the universe, do these words abide in us? The only way for them to abide in us is if we meditate upon them, if we study them, if we ponder them. Just like this man in this Psalm 1 is, is being described as a person who studies, who, dis, who, who ponders the word of God day and night. This person will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So essentially, the fruitfulness of this person is linked to the extent and the depth of the study and the pondering on the word of God. All right. So it's important that you and I understand that the level of our growth in the kingdom is is uh, is linked to the depth of our understanding of the word, the depth of our meditation on the word, the, the depth of our acting on the word. The word of God will not profit you at all if you don't meditate on it. The word of God will not profit you at all if you don't act on it. All right, you have to act on the revelation that God has given you. So let's do a recap of the ten keys uh, of the keys that we've covered already, and then I'll step into uh, the, the, the the keys that we haven't covered yet. So key number one: environment. Now here, I will ask my team to play that video we played last week again, just in case somebody is coming here for the first time. You haven't seen the video, so the video we play, and after the video plays, uh, we'll circle back and then start talking about the keys. All right, so key number one, the environment. Notice that the seed was first planted in the ground. You must have an environment that is conducive for your growth. You must have an environment that uh, fosters your growth and your success. Don't surround yourself with people that are not going anywhere. When, somebody grow, when someone grows up in an environment where all they see all their lives is poverty, is debauchery, is doing drugs, is doing some random stuff that are, that is, that are not going anywhere. The person sees life as, as that life as normal. That becomes the map that the person sees life through. That becomes the, the, the lay of the land, as it were, for that person. And that person may not really aspire much to go beyond that. That's the reason why you see, uh, when you hear the word, the poor gets poorer and the rich gets richer. It's not because the, the person who is rich is smarter or has more knowledge than the person who is poor. It's because of environment. It's because, you know, you want to be in an environment of where you are going. You want to create an environment for yourself that shows where you're going. Now, let's say, for example, you find yourself in a place where the environment is not really wonderful as you want it. You can stay in the environment you want to be in your mind. You can build the image of the, your, the future you desire, even though the future is not yet here. You can and build the image of that future in your mind's eye. You can embrace that future. Why? Because it is on the inside. Now, notice the seed was planted in the ground, which means the seed was planted in, into a place that the physical eyes cannot see. In order for you to be fruitful, your growth has to be driven from a place that the physical eyes cannot see. I'll say that again. In order for you to be fruitful, your growth has to be driven from a place that the physical eyes cannot see. If you are measuring your growth 
or your fruitfulness based on only what you see. You know, the kind of school you went to, the kind of friends you're hanging out with, or the kind of educational pedigree that you have, you have missed the point. If you have not spent time to cultivate that fruitfulness in your mind's eye, it is going to be difficult to achieve it on the other side. The thing is, success is an inside job. Success is an inside job. There's a quote that I quoted before some some years back. I went to do a, a seminar for some young people in Nigeria. And I said this, and I said, you cannot feature in a future that you have not dreamt about. You cannot feature in a future that you haven't dreamt about, that you haven't seen, that you haven't embraced. Which means whatever you will become tomorrow, you need to first internalize it today. You can't wait until tomorrow before you start to internalize, oh, I want to be like this. No, it's already too late. If you want to, whatever goal you set for yourself, whatever goal you set for yourself, internalize its force on the inside of you. Let it grow big and bigger and bigger and bigger in your heart until, until you have become one with that dream. Then in due season, it shall come to pass. So key number one, environment. Key number two, being alone. The seed was put in the ground and it abides alone. The seed abided alone in the ground by itself. But because it was alone, doesn't mean it is lonely. That seed has had to, that seed had to be alone in the ground to figure itself out. Now, notice that the seed has all the potential of becoming a tree. But all we can see in the physical is a seed in the seed format. But once that seed is planted in the ground and is alone by itself, the seed began to work on itself. The natural process of the seed becoming a tree start to come up. The seed did not become, uh, did not start to turn to a tree when it is lying on the shelf by itself. When you put your potential on the shelf and you do not plant your, your potential, the gift that God has given you in the earth, it cannot become a tree. Some of us hide our talents. We hide our gifts. We talk down about ourselves. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good like so-so and so person. We compare ourselves with people who are already gone ahead doing stuff. And we say, oh, we can't do that. Nobody knows me. What do I have? What do I know? And by making such assertions, such statements, we put our gift on the shelf. And as long as the gift or the seed remains on the shelf, the seed can never become a tree. Imagine you see a wonderful oak tree. If the oak tree, if the seed of the oak tree called an acorn is actually not planted in the ground, that seed cannot crack open and reveal the magnificent oak tree that was at wire on the inside of it and then that will come out of the ground to, 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 for everybody to see. What you could be, what you had been hardwired to become, lies on the inside of you. But you must plant the seed of that gift in the ground, in the environment which God has created for you, in the environment that is congenial, in the environment that is conducive for that seed to, fall, to grow. And then, by virtue of the pressure that that environment will exert upon the seed, the true nature of who you are will begin to come out. So, you have to be alone. You have to be willing to be alone to build yourself up, to work on yourself, to discover yourself. Discover yourself in a time of aloneness. Number three. Number three. Self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is about working on the areas where you uh, you believe you need to have an improvement. Self-discipline requires following through on the commitment you have made to yourself. Self-discipline requires for you to put yourself under pressure. Listen, it, when, when, when you consult for somebody in the company 
uh, let's say you are an, an employee of a company and you have an employee mindset, it's very difficult for you if you have an employee mindset to grow too much in a company because you are only going to do the barest minimum. But if you have the mindset of an owner, if you see yourself working for yourself, that even though this X, Y, and Z person is the one paying your salary, you are actually working for yourself. If you have this awareness, this mindset that you're working for yourself, you know you are going to put yourself under pressure. You're going to work as if you are working for your own self. You are not going to just want to do the barest minimum. Self-discipline means you put yourself under pressure to do that which is not convenient because of where you are going. When the seed was placed in the ground, the seed now began to do what? By, by by being alone, the seed now began to send frequencies out now, out of itself, in within in in the ground, in the belly of the earth where the seed is planted. It, the seed began to send frequencies out so that the, those elements under the earth that are of the same frequency as the seed can re- listen to the frequency, can own in on this frequency that the seed is sending, and then they can begin to gravitate towards it. So self-discipline is what you do to work on yourself, to become better, right, in your disposition than you were yesterday. There's no growth without discipline. There cannot be any growth without working on yourself. That's why key number four is germinate. Germination is what? is about growing. You cannot grow unless what? You have exact, exacted self-discipline on yourself. Even let's say, for example, God gives you a talent, but you are not disciplined. That talent will not amount to much because you haven't disciplined yourself. You haven't subjected yourself to some level of discipline so that you can, you can master your own self. Amen? So God wants you to germinate. So germination, uh, germination succeeds self-discipline or self-discipline precedes germination as we begin to germinate you are you begin to grow that is when you see in that picture in that video that we played that's when this root of the seed planted began to go deep down the root began to go deep down to go deep down to do what to go to key number five which is the waterbed the water bed in key number five is synonymous with the word of god it's synonymous with the word of god and one of the key things that's important to know is that you cannot grow beyond the level of the word of god that is on the inside of you so the seed began to go the seed the root of the seed began to go down to the waterbed so that what? So that it can receive nutrients from the waterbed to ensure that the seed is then filled up with this nutrient to the point where the seed receives capacity to grow. All right. And that capacity to grow naturally would then push the seed to come out of the ground in the form of a plant. You must first go down in the depth of the word of God before you can go up. Your, your, your root has to go deep into the word of God before you can shoot up as plant outside for the world to see. First Peter 2 Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn babies, you should crave or thirst for or earnestly desire the pure spiritual make. That is the word of God. Why? So that by it you may be nurtured and you may grow unto complete salvation. So essentially the Bible says you, you can only be nurtured and then grow by the word of God. You need to desire it. So the seed, first of all, knew that in order for the seed to turn into a plant that then produce the fruit, that its root had to do what? Had to go deep into the waterbed. So the first thing that the, 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 the thing that the seed then began to do first was to begin to go down. Begin to go down, deep down into the into the belly of the earth to where the river, to where the water is, so that it can receive nutrients from the water. And then from that nutrient that it receives, the seed became what nurtured, and as the seed was nurtured, the seed then began to grow out, and that growing out is what pushed the seed out as plant on on the on the surface of the earth. John fifteen verse four to five, Jesus Christ says, "Abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself." This is the ESV version. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, remember, I told you about you already abide in Christ if you are in Christ Jesus, right? Now, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears what? Much fruit. 
For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, listen to, listen to another analogy here. Is that even though this, uh, we abide in Christ by virtue of our being born again, the other way to abide in Christ is to abide in his word. So when Christ talks about you abide in me and my and my words abide in you, and he's here he's saying abide in me and I in you, he's not just talking about you being born again or you having the new new birth written, uh, um, nature. He's talking about the word of God abiding in you because Jesus Christ is what? The word of God. Hallelujah. So let the word of God, right, you know, increase in you more and more and more. Okay, key number six, fertilize. Fertilizers are sources of plant nutrient right that allow the seed now that has just come out of the ground now to begin to grow so from time to time you put fertilizers right on the plant that has just come up so that it can it can fast accelerate and fast track its growth fertilizers as external support that you receive that further helps you to grow this support system that you have that helps you to grow no, it might be a word of encouragement, an affirmative word. It might be a mentor who speaks into your life. That is the fertilizer. Those are fertilizers that God has put in your life to help you to grow. All right. So now we're going to start with key number seven. This is where we're going to start today's message. Key number seven is sunshine. Sunshine is a type of the Holy Spirit. Now, when the plant starts to come up out of the ground, the plant did not beg for the sun to shine. The sun was already shining on what? On that plant. Truth be told, the sun was shining while the seed was still in the ground. The sun will always shine. The seed has to respond to the sun that is shining. The sun is a type of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus Christ told us that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you shall be what? You shall be, um, you shall be my disciples. You shall testify of me to the ends of the earth. Now, these same people, that Jesus Christ was speaking this message to in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. They were the same disciples that many days back, they were afraid, they were denying Jesus Christ, they were cursing themselves, they were running around. And he says to them, you cannot do any power. You cannot confront the tragedies of life. You cannot confront the, the, the religious mindset. You cannot confront what the future holds if you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost. And he said to them, do not begin to even try to evangelize. Do not even begin to say you want to preach, a, preach up a storm if you have not received this power from on high. If you have not received this power from the Holy Ghost. The seed is coming out of the ground as plant, but the seed needs the sunshine. The seed does not know that it needs the sunshine, but the sunshine is there. But the sunshine is always going to be there. So as a plant, as this plant begins to grow out of the ground, the 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 the, the plants then be, 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 will become conscious of this wonderful sun that is present, and the this plant then had to respond to it. I said last week that when you conduct the experiment of photosynthesis, that we find out that the plants we gravitate towards the light source. Why is that? Because it's hardwired into the seed that the seed can only thrive by light. The light that is available makes the seed to thrive, to become a tree, to become the tree that then produces fruit. It is the same way. You cannot become fruitful to the extent that God desires for you if you don't have what? The person of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. The good news is, the very day you became born again, God gave you the spirit of Jesus. Because the Bible says in the book of Romans that, that um, except you have the spirit of Jesus, you are none of his. You cannot claim to be a born-again child of God if you do not have the Holy Spirit. The, the, the truth of the matter is, it is the Holy Spirit of God 
living on the inside of you that qualifies you to become a child of God. Your physical body did not change the day you became born again. Neither did your mind change. But what changed in you was the replacement of the rebellious spirit with the spirit of the Most High God. Now you are inside out purified and holy just as Jesus Christ is. So you have the Holy Ghost. Now the question now is, how do I respond to this Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of me? How do I engage with the Holy Ghost? Well, the Holy Ghost is the one engaging with you, is the one encouraging you, is the one seeking to help you. God desires to help you more than you want to be helped. And God says different things to you in different packages to help you along the way. But what you must do is you must respond. I was at the back the birthday um, uh, uh, um, ceremony a couple of days ago with one of our wonderful sisters. And the man preached a message that I love so much. He said when he proposed to his wife about his love, the wife has to respond. If somebody says, I love you and shows you all the trappings of love and you yourself, you desire love, but you don't respond, how would the person know that you want to be loved? You must respond to the love of God. Today, also, I'm saying the sunshine is coming upon the seed, the plant that has just come out of the ground, but the plant must what? Respond to the sun. And that's why the plant gravitates towards the light. Amen. So we must respond to the impression, the ministration, the office, the presence of the Holy Ghost in our lives. The Bible calls the Holy Ghost our paracletos. You know, paracletos means the one that is called alongside to help. He is called alongside to help. He is not the one doing the work. He is called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit is always there to help us, but we must yield ourselves to receive his help. If the Holy Spirit tries to help you in a particular way, but you keep debunking his help, you keep throwing his help in his face, you keep saying, I don't need it, he will not leave you alone. He will still going to be there, but you are not taking advantage of the help that has been provided by the Holy Ghost. One of the prayers that you can begin to pray Today, to begin to help you to take advantage of the help of the Holy Spirit is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 23. The Bible says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. God wants you to know the hope he has called you. God wants you to know that you have been called to receive an inheritance, a great inheritance in Christ. That is the hope he has called you. But if you don't know, how can you take advantage of it if you don't know? Bible says, God, may God open your eyes. May God open my eyes. May God open your eyes where you are in the name of Jesus to understand the hope that God has called you. If you know the hope that God has called you, you will never for one day think like a slave, think like a servant, approach God like somebody who is not worthy. God has qualified you. God has brought you to himself. The Bible says in verse 18 that the eyes of your heart, it is in your heart where God does his work. The eyes of your heart may be what? May be enlightened. You know that you may know the hope to which God has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Verse 19. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same power. The mighty power. The mighty strength which he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule. Far above all authority. Far above all power and dominion and every name that is invoked. Not only in this present age but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There is such so much in this text what he's saying here, you can pray this prayer for yourself. When you begin to pray this prayer, I've got a note here for the personalization where you personalize this prayer. You personalize it for yourself. As you pray this prayer, what will happen is this. 
your this, your spirit is already waiting for you to respond just like the sun is waiting for the plant to respond to its rays the spirit of god is waiting for you to respond because when you respond to what god has already made available for you that's when it manifests in your life philemon chapter 1 verse 6 philemon chapter 1 verse 6 the bible says that the communication of your faith in kjv that the communication of your faith may become effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that is already in you in christ jesus the bible essentially says your faith becomes active your faith becomes active as you acknowledge that it is true those things which god already say god already says is true about your life the thing which god has declared to be yours will become more will become manifested in your life as you acknowledge them to be so that's what the bible is saying when you begin to acknowledge that oh i'm wonderful i'm blessed i'm beautiful i'm highly favored i am um, i'm a child of god i am gifted i am anointed when you begin to agree with god in your vocabulary in your thought process about what he has said about you about what he had declared you to be when you begin to agree with this um is reality in your thought and in your words, then the power is released for you to embrace it. So here is a personalized prayer. Please repeat after me. Say, the Lord has granted me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I may know him better. I affirm that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened in order that I may know the hope to which he has called me, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for all of us who believe. You can pray this prayer to personalize it as something that has already happened for you. When you begin to pray the prayer like it has already happened for you, because it has, what you are doing is that you are now releasing that power to be available for you to make use of. Another prayer is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. The Bible says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of God's people, Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that, that and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What this scripture is saying is that the prayer you can pray here is about asking God that in your inner being, the spirit of who you are in the spirit, the spirit which is the spirit of Jesus Christ, right? That God will strengthen you. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But for me, I need the strength of God all the time. For the things that God has asked me to do, the things he has placed on the inside of me, the vision that are still unfolding are so big, so magnificent that I need the help of the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of times I pray, Lord, strengthen me from the inner man. Lord, I receive your strength from the inner man. Lord, I thank you that you are strengthening me right now from the inner man. Lord, I thank you that your strength is available to me on on the inside of me. I don't know about you, people of God. You know, if you are a parent and you are living in our world today in the 21st century, you need God more than before. You need to spend time with God over your children. You need to spend time, spend time with God over your family. You need to spend, spend time with God to protect your family and your children and people that are around you. Why? Because the world seems to be growing darker and darker and therefore you need to stand your ground. And at times, the things you see in this world may be so overwhelming that you don't know where to go. And that's why you need the strength of the Holy Ghost. You can say, Father, I receive your strength this morning. You might wake up in one particular morning, you don't even feel like going to work. You may wake up one morning, you feel like you just feel like you feel hopeless. You can say, Father, strengthen me from the inside out. Lord, I receive your strength now in the name of Jesus. So the prayer here that I want us to pray I, is, is this way. It's on the screen. I affirm that God is strengthening me and has strengthened me with his power through his spirit in my inner being in proportion to the extent of his glorious riches in the name of Jesus. I affirm that Christ dwells in my heart through faith. 
I affirm that I am rooted and I am established in the love of God in the name of Jesus. I have the power together with all of Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of God for me in the name of Jesus. I pray that I may continue to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that I will be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now, people of God, remember, these prayers are your responses to what God has made available for you in Christ. The same with the seed does not beg the sun to shine or the plant does not beg the sun to shine. We are not begging the Holy Spirit, but we are yielding to his promptings in our heart. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says that you may walk Live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God. Notice here that you bear fruit in every good work, but notice that the growth and the increasing is by the knowledge of God. I pray for you that you will have an accurate knowledge of God in the name of Jesus, that God will reveal himself to you more and more so that you may know him truly, so you may know him to the, the way he must be known, that you will not know God based on what somebody has taught you that is that has put fear in your heart, that you will know God as your own daddy, the one who is always with you. Hallelujah. Yesterday in prayer meeting, we read Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 and we say, look at the number of things that the Bible said that Jesus Christ will never ever, ever, ever do to us. He says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never give up on us. He will never release his hold upon our lives. That's, that's, that's so beautiful. And I pray that you and I will know this love of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Key number eight, pruning. Pruning is to cut off habits that are negative. Guard your heart with all diligence, the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 27. I'll read the Bible says, my son or my daughter. Attend to my words. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Don't don't get distracted. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. Now, he then says in verse 21, let them not depart from your eyes, which means not only must you listen to what I'm about to say to you, write them down so that you can what you can read them. You can read them in the morning. You can read them in the night. Just like that man in Proverbs Psalm 1, right? That says he meditates on the word day and night. Let them not depart from your eye. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Ha, look at that. Look at the pattern. Attend to my word. It comes through the ears. Read my word. I watch it through the eyes. And then it goes into my heart. The ears. The eyes. The heart. When they get to the heart. The words, when they get to the heart, the words will form a new frame. A new frame. And that's why verse 22 says, For they are life unto them that find them. They are life unto them that find them. They are life unto them that find them. Was the word lost? Was the word lost? Why do we need to find it if it is not lost? Because it takes effort to study the word, to make it a lifestyle. It takes effort to study this word, make it a lifestyle. It takes effort to shut your ears to negative news and shut, shut, open your ears to positive words. It takes effort. It takes effort to say, I will not listen. I will not listen to that. I will not listen to anything that, anything that does not build me up, that does not build faith in me. I will not listen to that. It takes, it takes effort to do that. You're not working. You're not working for God, but it takes discipline. Like Just like that seed has to discipline itself. It takes discipline to say, I will shut off my ears to any news that does not build up. But I will open up my ears to only the word of God that build up. Hallelujah. So, the, the first thing is, my son, attend to my, my words. Incline your ears to what I'm saying to you. Shut off your ears from negative news. Pay attention to what I'm about to tell you now. Not only that, allow your eyes to be so 
filled with what I am about to tell you. Let the what your eyes only pay attention to what I'm teaching you. If you go back to that Psalm, Psalm 13, I want to show you something there. I'm coming back here. Psalm 13. Again, if I don't finish today, I will continue next week. There's no rush here. In Psalm 1, the Bible here says, I want to say something about this, this man. Blessed is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. In fact, the KJV says, I want to read the KJV for this one because I want to show you something. I'm going to come back to uh, the Amplifier, but please go with the KJV, KJV uh, for me. I'll just read it in my Bible here. It says here, I want you to notice something. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Notice something here. The man started first by walking. That walking not. The first step is walk. To walk, you're taking a walk, right? Then you stand. The next one is stands not in the way of sinners. Standing is the next thing. And then sitting. Sitting is a place of rest. The person has become a chieftain, a lord, with this this these ungodly people. God says, don't do that. Bible says the man who is going to be blessed the way God desires it from God's point of view is a person who is not walking, that is patterning their lives based on the counsel of ungodly people. They are following the advice of ungodly people. There are so many advices on YouTube today that people just throw out. And unfortunately, because YouTube has just blown up, right? People just go there and just listen to trash and nonsense stuff that is not building life. And then that then becomes a paradigm that shapes the way they think, the way they see life. But that thinking is based on falsehood. It's not based on the truth of the word of God. They have what? They have walked in the counsel of the ungodly. Then he says, don't stand in the way of sinner. To stand means you are submissive and inactive. You see something negative happening. You just decide to shut up your mother, not talk about it. You have become submissive. You have become passive. You don't do, want to do anything. You don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. I, don't, I better not just talk. You are standing what? In the way of sinners. You, know, you, you see somebody, you know, Andrew said something that God said to him one time when he, he didn't want to preach the gospel. And God, the Lord told him and said, if you are stranded on the road and you, you, you're on the road and you know that this, the road that you are traveling on falls off a cliff and people die on the other side of the cliff. If you find somebody walking on that cliff and run, driving at 100 miles an hour, are you going to keep on and say, I'm not going to talk about that? It is not your job. It's not your job to determine whether somebody wants to hear the gospel or not. Your job is to say, say it. Don't make that decision for them. Stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. And the last one is the person sits there. Sits where? In the seat of discomfort. Just sit down there. The person has, has come to rest. They are now relaxed and resting where, where, where the mockers gather. So when people disdain God and talk trash about God, it doesn't bother you. Just sit down there and say, okay, you know, it's okay. You laugh at nasty jokes that don't make sense. That's not the way. The Bible says your delight and desire must be in the law of the Lord. You must pay attention to the truth of the word of God. Why did that come here? Why did that come here? It's because when we're just talking about this, uh, this, um, we're talking about attending to the word of God. We are comparing the fact that don't allow this word to depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why do you need to keep them in the midst of your heart? Because there will be other things like the mockers, the ways of sinners, the mockers, the things of the world that will try to yank that thing off your heart. The worst system will bring mixed messages that contradict the word of God to yank that thing out of your heart. The Bible here says, they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. The word of God is not lost, but the word of God can be lost in your heart if you allow other things to take preeminence above the word of God. Pruning cuts off habits that are negative, that are negative, habits that don't serve you, cut them off. Then guard your heart with all diligence. God is not going to guard your heart for you. You have to guard your heart yourself. And it's how do you guard your heart? It's a force. Pay attention to what I'm saying. 
Make sure that the words you are hearing constantly are the words that build you up. They are words that build up your self-image and your self-worth. They are not words that paint pictures of fear and failure in your heart. No, let those words hear the word of God. Now, read the word of God. Find words in the Bible and read them to yourself. Open your mouth and read them out over and over. Why? Because words paint pictures. So the words you hear and the words you are vocalizing out of your mouth because you are reading them, guess what they are doing? They are shaping your heart. They are building this new picture of God in your heart. They, are, they become life unto you. They become life unto you. Now remember, you are already in this in the kingdom of life, but it doesn't work for you if you don't take this process. They become life unto you and health to their flesh. Why health to their flesh? Because the word of God will heal you. When you meditate on the word of God and you call it over and over and over, you become radical with the word of God. You take it like your medicine in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. You chew it. You say the word God says about you over and over and over. You are going to get results. The Bible says, keep your heart without diligence. For heart of it are the issues of life. Your heart determines the boundary of where your life goes. Your heart determines the boundary of where your life goes. But how does the heart get framed? It gets framed by the words you hear and the words you read and the words you speak. I want you to write that down. The heart of any human being is framed in three ways. Two, three things. The words that you hear. The words that you read, the words that you speak. These three things then frame your universe, becomes the boundary of your heart. Now the Bible says, keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of your heart proceeds what? The boundaries of life, the issues of your own life. Your life goes in the direction, sorry, your life goes in the direction of the state of your heart. And therefore, you must guard your heart. You must protect your heart what? from anything that will cause it to embrace the image of negativity and failure, the images that God has not planted there. Now, look at verse 24. Put away from you a forward mouth. Why did he have to use to come back to verse 24 and start talking about the mouth? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 23 says, keep your heart without diligence. For out of it, it's out of it are the issues of life, right? The, your heart determines the boundaries of your life, how your life goes. But but where power is released is now in the words that you speak. Now, out of the abundance, the overflow of what is in your heart, your mouth will begin to speak. Now, in that sense, don't let your mouth speak words that are forward or words that are perverse. Bible says, put them far away from you. The only way for you to put them far away from you, not to speak perverse things or not to have a forward mouth, is based on what? What you have listened to, what you have read, what you have spoken out of your mouth. What has framed your heart. Because you cannot speak beyond the essence of what is in your heart. Verse 25, let your eyes look right on. And let your eyelids look straight before you. Why is he saying that? Beyond the fact that you must speak words that will build up your life and put away perverse things from yourself, you must allow yourself to be focused, to be focused on the direction of travel. Don't allow yourself to be distracted from where you are going in the name of Jesus. Don't allow it. Then ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Now, this one now leads to the walk, right? Not only have you heard, not only have you allow your mouth not to speak negative things and you have allowed your eyes now to focus on the right things. The next thing is walk. Now, if you look at this text, you see that it follows the same pattern. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. That is the ear, that's the hair. Right? The, let them not depart from your eyes. That is the, the sight. Right? Well, they are life to them that find them. Right? They are life. They become so an experience of life for you. That is an experience, something you experience, you enjoy. Okay, but if you go back to here, he says, put away now from yourself the mouth, what speaks. Again, the eyes, what the sight, right? And then the, the path of your feet, that is the experience of your life. Let your ways be established. Established based on what? What is in your heart. So it's important, therefore, to keep your heart with all diligence. Bible says, turn not to the right. Turn to the left. Remove your feet from evil. Don't engage in evil. But how could you do that? It starts from what you listen to, what you read, what you allow to frame your heart. 
and then what you begin to speak. Because by the time you speak those words out of your mouth, you are framing your universe, your own world, by the word that you speak. I will stop here today and I'll continue from this next week. We'll have two more, two more, um, two more keys to talk about. I just want to say a word of prayer for you. I want to say a word of prayer for you, you know, in the name of Jesus. You know, if you have ever allowed your heart to be framed by the negative news in the world, I want you to know that this, that is the reason why, that's part of the reason why you are not being fruitful as you, as you should be. If you have ever wondered, my life ought to be better than this. How come these things are not working for me? I want you to check what is the state of your heart? What have you embraced? What is your belief system? What have you believed in the depth of your heart? If you have believed wrong, then you cannot receive right. I will say that again. If you have believed wrong, you cannot receive right. Every life flows from the heart. Your life flows from your own heart. But your heart, to the glory of God, can be shaped, can be is, is malleable, can be can be can be remodeled by yourself. How? By what you hear, by what you read, by what you speak. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your children here this morning. That if there's anyone here who is, whose heart is riddled with fear and has embraced the, illog- the, 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 the wrong logic of the enemy, Lord, this morning I pray for deliverance. I send your word now to deliver, to set free. That from today, our eyes will see what you see. Our mouth will speak what you speak. Our hearts will believe what you have believed about us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let us hear you speak clearly. Let us ponder your word with our eyes. Let us think deep about what you are teaching us. Let us embrace, Father Almighty God, the truth and the reality of who you have made us in Christ. Lord, we thank you for this gift of life. Thank Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you are teaching us and how you have helped us. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Please, I want to remind you that this uh, this coming week, um, on the 6th of uh, December, week after next, we are going to have Metamorpho. Please, I want you to join that session. Is The session is being run by a financial coach. He's actually uh, one of my accountants and he's going to teach about how to master your money. He's going to you, you, run you through spreadsheets on how you keep income and law, income and balance sheets of your own personal balance sheet so that you won't spend money anyhow, so that you know as God gives you these resources, you don't waste them. Remember the parable of the talent? The, the, the Bible says, talk about the talent, the, the, the servant that took the talent and buried it and jesus christ when he came he said why didn't you take this seed and even go and give it to the bank so adam may end interest with it so he's not just talking about the the gifts the, the talent your life being a talent he's just talking about money so when god gives you money god doesn't want you to throw that money anyhow so please make sure you send uh, that uh, across to everyone i want a lot of people to join that session so that you can all learn as we go into the new year how to manage our money and how to make what we have to go farther than than it has gone in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we leave here, we thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, and that you are in us. It's going to be a wonderful time. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Now, if you can just wait behind, I think the guys will have a slide to show you uh, about the upcoming programs for December. I, mean, I think we've got a carol plan and all that stuff. So, please, you might see the slide shown on the screen. Uh, um, please, you can request a copy of it as well. And we can post it in a WhatsApp group so that you can share it among your friends so that you can be... Uh, on, on, on standby about the things that we plan to do in the coming month in the coming weeks all right god bless you and i'll speak to you next week